All right, welcome to the diving pod. I'm Lyle Yost, Ohio State diver, and I'm doing the hardest one meter list in the world. <laughs> and I'm Heath Calhoun. And I am Aaron Rooney, and this podcast is brought to you by Sideline Scout. Uh, get over to sidelinescout.com, check out their poolside live package. That's what I'm rocking in the high school setting. It's the best video replay on the market, in the business, everything you could ever possibly want. The controls are extremely easy to use. And Heath actually has a little bit of an upgraded package with the box itself. So Heath, feel free to talk to him about that a little bit. Yeah, so the upgraded package, the Sideline Scout box, just connects to your camera and to your TV, and then you get an iPad, and you are able to actually create profiles for your athletes, um, type in the dive, score it. There's three different scoring settings. Um, and then your divers are actually able to go onto the sideline scout viewer app and take all of their videos home with them. So that has been extremely beneficial and fun to play around and learn as we go through, um, working with this new system. So get over to sidelinescout.com and check that out. Um, so jumping right in here. So Lyle, um, you know, I have known your name for quite a while. I actually remember you, you will not know this. I actually remember watching you dive as a freshman doing, I think I still have a video of you doing front dive pike at districts for like nine and a half. Oh, no way. Yep. And so your name has been a name that I've known for a long time, but why don't you uh, take us through your diving journey, how you got into diving and how you got to where you are now. And really um, our listeners have been really interested in hearing about the recruiting process about where you looked and how that looked like. So the floor is yours, sir. All right. Absolutely. Um, so I started diving uh, when I was eight years old. Um, and, and the way that happened was I was getting really into parkour. And so I was, I was, you know, you know, running all over the place, you know, on YouTube, trying to teach myself how to do backflips in the backyard. Um, I have a, um, I have a PE teacher um, from my, from my elementary school who, who likes to take a lot of credit, um, deservedly, um, because he didn't, he let me just do whatever I wanted on the playground. Like he, he was like, you know, you're not supposed to climb up stuff and ju- he just let me do whatever I wanted. So um uh, shout out to shout out to Mr. Wagner um nice. but so at, at that point though my mom was kind of like you know you're you're gonna break your neck so we're gonna put you over over water um and then uh I did a couple of lessons at the community pool with I believe just someone who was on uh Shaker Heights's high school diving team I think who was lifeguarding there I was eight I don't even really remember this um like who any details about those first couple lessons um but after a handful of those uh, my mom uh, got in touch with uh, Mark Cahallen at American Flyers Diving, and uh, I was there for 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 ten years. Um, so that's that's how I got into it um, in in the first place. It was really more of a safety mechanism. <laughs> um, yeah. So so I was gonna say because um, I I love Mark. Like I think Mark is just I think he's one of the most underrated coaches in America. And he is just an open book with everybody. Like you go and ask him a question, like he will share, like, can you talk a little bit about that relationship you have with Mark and what made that so special and so successful for both of you? Absolutely. No, Mark, Mark is one of my favorite humans. Um, we, we had a phenomenal time all the way through juniors. I mean, he, he got me started. He showed me how to do, you know, the most basic. I was really with him from day, day one. Um, and Mark is, Mark, somebody who is very evidently always trying to learn more, right? Yes. Like everywhere. Yes. I, I remember when I first made it on to um, like the high performance squad. Um, and then, you know, USA Diving would fly us out to the camps 
and we'd get to be there and we'd have presentations from like Jeff Huber and we'd have like all, all types of, of clinics going on. And Mark came back with just like so many notes. So like he, he was just, he is in love with the learning process and experimenting and, and figuring out what works. Um, and really like once I got to the point in my diving where I was like really, you know, it was more than a hobby. Um, he and I were on the same page about like, let's, let's try something wacky and see if this, see if this does it for you. See, see, you know, maybe this won't help at all, but maybe it will. Um, and he's, he's all for experimenting and just if anyone suggests anything, he'd be like, yeah, go ahead, try this, see if you like it. Um, and just, I think that helps me a lot from, from the perspective of just being open-minded, right? Like he's, the, the number of things that I tell people that I did in my junior career training with Mark, that they're just like, what is wrong with you? Like, what, what is wrong with him? Why did any of you do this? Um, like at one point he had me do like 306B on three meter one day, like, <laughs> like that type, that type of deal. Like, um, but so we, we just, once, once we got to that point where we were both looking to, to push it um, a little harder and see where we could go, um, we really, it really felt more like a partnership, um, which was, which was something that was, that was cool. And I hadn't experienced And you know, at that time I was still, you know, playing baseball and doing, you know, before diving was like the main thing in my life. Um, and so that, that was a unique kind of relationship. And I mean, I still am close with him. Like I do a good dive at practice and I send it to him and then I send it to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, everything you said about Mark, just that's always been my perception. And like you see him on the pool deck and he is like, he, he invites you to go get something to eat. And he's like, ask me anything you want. Like he's just been an amazing, amazing person in our sport, you know? So going through juniors and having the amount of success you had, which was just like Aaron said, pre podcast, like that list is enormous. Like we couldn't even come up with what you, what we wanted to put for your intro. Um, walk, walk us through the recruiting process. You know, when did that start for you? What did it look like? What visits, what other schools did you look at before you decided on Ohio state? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. So recruiting is a little different today than it was when I was going through it. Um, everything's a year earlier. Um, I was, I was the last year of you take your trips, your senior year, Yep. Uh, commit your senior year. Um, and so, for me, the recruiting process um, was definitely made easier by the fact that I had been to you know nationals for a handful of years in a row, and I like kind of had relationships with a lot of coaches. Um, and and you know, talking about the recruiting process for anybody listening, like if you're a junior diver and you're at USA Diving with Junior Nationals, there are going to be coaches there. There are going to be college coaches there, like say hi, introduce yourself. Like mm -hmm. I knew every coach that I was recruited by since I was probably 12 years old. Um, and I think that was a, a huge advantage in, um, in the, in the recruiting process. And that just, you know, it's such a small world and it's, yeah. it's not hard to know everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then the, the rest of the recruiting process for me, so my, my schools that I took visits to, um, I visited Ohio State, I visited IU, I visited Stanford, Florida State, and Texas. Um, so those were those were my my top five. Um, and I ended up um, I ended up going to Ohio State because of the culture above anything else. Um, 
and and really like I, I had a great time on, on all my other visits for sure and it, the recruiting process is a lot of fun and you know I would recommend if you get the opportunity take all your visits right like take all five there, you, you got these show these these you know colleges who, who are coming out here to show you everything that they have and, and it's a lot you know a mm-hmm. lot of these a lot of these places are, are really like trying to impress you mm-hmm. um and so I would I would definitely say you know take all your trips um, yeah. that's, that's some, some, some good advice, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess, um, I'm super interested. Um, the only way I can have it make sense in my head and it might be a little outside the box for our listeners. Is I like college wrestling and okay. the two teams I think of are Penn state is like this team that's been very successful, but like they remind me of Ohio state diving. They all seem super wild, super fun, super free. And like, they just get after it. And then you have your Iowa wrestling which I would almost compare to like Indiana. Like it is very tough structured. Like it seems like there is more um, like we do this where at Ohio state, you guys have the freedom to like play essentially. Is that something that is accurate? Like you guys seem like you have a different culture than everywhere else in the country. I I agree a hundred percent. And that, that was a a big draw for me coming in um, in that, you know, I, I visited IU um, and obviously, you know, I love all the guys there. Um, I've, I've known them all my, my whole career. Um, but, but to me, Ohio State's culture was just everyone here loves diving. Like above it, like no, no matter what, like, you know, you get, you get people who are, um, you know, nose to the grindstone type of workers. And you get people who are yep. like to, you know, just kind of go through the motions. But everybody here, you know, no matter what we're doing in the pool that day, like, if we've got a practice of five of each 10 meter off, we're all in it together. Like, even if we're like, we're about to all die. (laughs) It's okay. Like everyone, we're all in it together and everyone still loves it. And everyone's leaning on each other um, in, in times like that. And, and I think for me, like the culture here and the environment here is absolutely perfect um, for my style of of diving, of training. Um, especially coming from American Flyers, um, yeah. you know that's how Mark was very relaxed. Make sure you have, you know, make sure you're still having fun. Yeah. Because um, I, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just make sure you're still having fun, or otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, the 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 love of the sport is what really came through on on my visits here. Awesome. I, I, I had a couple of takeaways. Number one, I love what you had to say. If you're at USA diving, whether it's regionals or zones or nationals, introduce yourself to those college coaches. They're there. Um, I actually recommend one of my athletes to do the same thing. You know, he was at, I believe Mizzou and I was like, Hey man, we don't know where your diving career is going to take you. Go introduce yourself to Kyle and just at least say, Hey, I'm Kyle. I, you know, I'm Kyler. And I like diving and you never really know what door might open in the future or whatever. So that was phenomenal advice. I totally agree. You're out there, introduce yourself. It, it never hurts. It never hurts to gain connections. Um, you know, the other thing we talked about, which is so cool to be able to find a D one parallel. Heath and I talk all the time. I'm from St. Cloud state. Oh, Heath yeah. went to Clarion that, that vibe, that atmosphere of let's just have fun. And everybody here loves diving. I mean, that totally parallels our two division two programs. I mean, to an absolute T. So it's really cool to hear like, you know, we've had a few uh, IU divers and Purdue and whoever it might be. 
it's really cool to hear there's a big D1 program out there like Ohio State where the goal is just, yo, you better be having fun. You're in it together. You can grind as hard as you want, but like, hey, we're here to have a good time and and loving diving is at the core of everything. Absolutely. And that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay. not even just just in the pool. It's it's in everything. It's it's in the yeah. weight room. You know, we're, we're have we're, it's, it's in every aspect of it. It's, we've got our nutritionists, we've got our, um, you know, all the resources that Ohio state has to offer us. And we're making yeah. sure that everyone's taking advantage of everything that we have to offer because of, you know, how it can affect us in the pool. There is, there is not a program, you know, there's not a, there's not a sport at Ohio state here. Oh, I'm dropping stuff on the floor. There's not a program <laughs> at Ohio state here that goes harder in the weight room than we do. You know, awesome. like we're, we're coming in here and we're, we're pushing each other as hard as we can because we love it. Like not because we're trying to push to see, you know, where, when we're going to break. Right. It's like, it's yeah. because we love it. And we say, you know, you need, you need to put more weight on that bar because then you're going <laughs> to dump higher and then you're going to make 307 a little easier. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, awesome. that's awesome, man. So, okay. You mentioned the big list, the biggest list in the world, which is super cool. We reviewed it last week when we did our U.S. Open recap. Everything pike two and a half on one meter, front three and a half pike, full out and double out. So I just want you to walk us through that list and what it was like competing it and where the inspiration came from but behind doing like this insane list. I've so yeah, I've had I've had my eye on this pike list on one meter for quite a long time. Um, and it, you can actually, you can check out my, uh, on YouTube. I think I, I believe I have one published video on my YouTube channel and it was my 2017 highlights and it was my only college recruiting video that I yes. made. And I, I open this. it with, a, I open it with a new dive section. So in 2017, I learned all these, well, not all of them. I learned most of these dives for the first time. Um, and, uh, just, it was just something that, I was like, I can, I can do these dives. I just need to be stronger. I just need to be, you know, I need to be physically, you know, capable of putting them up in the air. Cause I could whip them around when I'm 16, yeah. you know, but like making them and, you know, making them competable is a whole nother story. Um, but, but really um, over, over the last year or so, we've really been, been pushing the, the one meter pike list um, started off, started off funny enough. Everyone thinks this is hilarious. The 205B was really the easiest and first one for me. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. That's nice. Yeah. Yes. I can like my, my list, I think, well, I definitely competed the 205B in 2017 at a senior zone meet just for the first time. Um, so the 205B was the first one that, that I competed regularly. Um, and then the 405B came next. And then I added in all the rest of the big ones for, for us open here. Um, but you know, in, in my eyes, like I would love to see one meter as an Olympic event. And I know yeah. that's a, hike, um, because you get a lot of those dudes that are going to, you know, watch Yona do a dive with the board on seven. Right. And he's going <laughs> to dip the board up to his knee. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think, I think people aren't really incentivized to push the one meter competition as much as they potentially could. Um, and I think that's a waste. Uh, and, you know, I think we could have phenomenal one meter competitions. Um, you know, I think uh, I've, I've, so I've been, I've been wanting to put this together for, for a long while. Um, and I'm, I'm excited that it's coming together. Like it's really this summer of training that one meter list has been 
phenomenal because I, I can see, you know, visible progress from how they looked at the beginning of the summer to how they looked at the U.S. Open. And it's night and day and it's super exciting. Dude, that's, that's awesome. awesome. So specifically, you gave us a little teaser on Instagram with that, <laughs> uh, that double out lead. I want to know, like, what goes through your head in that dive? You know, to me, it's like, all right, got to get a massive hurdle. Got to get a great takeoff. You have to snap into the throw. You have to snap out of the throw into the twist. Like everything has to go right in my head. How, how do you even process like what happens during that dive? I'm not going to lie. This is, this is maybe the physically hardest dive that I've ever done. Double out on one meter is <laughs> so hard. Yeah. It's, I can't, it's ridiculous. I can't, <laughs> can't sugarcoat it. It's really, really hard. Um, <laughs> so this one, this one I actually learned just at the beginning of the summer, I think just in, in May, I learned the double out on one meter for the first time. Um, and really what's, what's going, I did it the way I learned it was I just, I did a couple of full outs and then I just did a bunch of lead ups, like double out to my feet. Um, and just tried to like be getting out of it as high as I could. Um, because well, the, the, the thing that made me think I can do it is I know that on three meter I've done double outs where I relax and I get up really high in the air. And like, if I put that start on one meter, then it would be okay. But I just needed to like get to the point where I could relax and not like over juice it. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, that's uh, it's, it's, it's really, really hard. But the, the thought process is like, you're gonna, you're gonna go as high as you can. That's my number one thought. Just get high, right? Like get, just sky it. Um, and then, and then from there, like, twist a little bit earlier than I naturally want to. Mm -hmm. And then just, <laughs> then you're pretty much at the water at that point. <laughs> Gosh, that's what it, it's been, Aaron and I have kind of talked about it. You know, I feel like I'm seeing more men in the world kind of just starting to get after it a little bit more on one meter. Like you're seeing front three and a half pike. That's like a, a fairly standard dive for those top tier divers now. And it's like, what has this world come to in our sport where that's a, like, if you want, if you go to a world championship and you want to win, you have to do that dive. Mm -hmm. And so it's Absolutely. like, and, and I, I loved what you said where it's like athletes aren't incentivized to really get after it on one meter. And it's like, imagine how your three meter can change. If you're doing these dives on one meter, like pushing oh, the I, boundaries there, like I'm imagining, I'm imagining. I, I know you are. Cause you're a psycho <laughs> and you guys at Ohio state are nuts. And it's like, yes, sir just seeing all this stuff you guys do. And it's like, but you know, just from a logical perspective, like if you sit down in your objective, it's like, all right, if I can do reverse two and a half pike on one meter, I know I can do a reverse three and a half pike on three meter. Like, exactly. I, like, exactly. you know, you can that's, do it. That's, you know, I'm going to, you know, <laughs> big, big things coming when I get back to training after this. <laughs> yeah. Day. Yeah. Stay tuned. But tuned. so, so tuned I, I loved sure. hearing that. So I actually will have to send you this because Dive Meets, I think, has since like got rid of it. And I told Aaron this and he didn't believe me and I still haven't looked it up. I Did you ever watch Zach Knees do oh, his yeah, one, that one meter list with inward three and a half and reverse three and a half? I'm like, I'm like, that's who I who think of. That? Like, yeah, like, it's just ridiculous. And it's like, your list is the first list where I looked at and I'm like, since then, where I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> what? So just Love super... Yes. Like love seeing things get pushed. I love being able to get onto dive meets for a meet and be like, you know, you, everybody does it. You scroll through the list, see what dives. And then you, you know, it's the same DD over and over. And then it's like, that number is way higher than everybody else's. What did I just see? 
Yep. I uh, I think I think at the U.S. Open, I I had 1.6 points of DD on on the next highest DD. Whoa, that's, that's insane. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. The 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 standard one meter tuck list and full out, uh, I believe, is 18.3. Yep. And then the yeah. full pike list, full out, double out is 19.9. It was actually higher than the three meter DD that I did at the US. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> crazy. But no, just, just super excited to see that. And I hope it encourages more men to start getting after it there. Um, you know, kind of transitioning back just a little bit. Um, you know, I know, you know, I know you're from Ohio. Was Ohio State kind of always that school you always cheered for and kind of maybe always a dream school? And then you know, the question really is talk to us about what it means to be a part of that program. It's one of my favorite questions. Aaron is always nice enough to let me ask this question of, you know, what is it like walking into that pool and knowing the divers that came before you? And you are now part of that. You're part of that history when people are like, oh, remember when Lyle Yost threw that massive one meet? Like that's something people were going to talk about for a long time at that school. So what does that mean to you? It's, it's super special. It's super special. Honestly, one of my earliest memories after I committed um, was we went to, I believe it was, mm, was it winter nationals? mm, There was the senior meet in Atlanta at Georgia tech. Um, I would say 2018, 2019 thereabouts. Um, And I was talking to Mike Wontuck because I was there. Mark wasn't there yet. Um, So I did my first practice with Justin and the OSU boys who were there. So, you know, Jacob was in, Jake was in, Christo was in, um, and, and they all rolled in with their, with their varsity jackets. Um, and I'm standing there, I'm talking to Mike Wontuck, who's a Buckeye, who says to me, I have that jacket and you're going to have that jacket. And that's That's the same jacket that they've always had. And you're about to be a part of that. That's Um, cool. That was something that was a really cool moment. I've always remembered that. Um, to your earlier question, if Ohio state has always been my dream school, both of my parents are from Pennsylvania. My dad went to Penn state. (laughs) I grew up like opposed to Ohio state. (laughs) I grew up up, like it was a bad word. I had my whole dad's side of the family, like saying they were going to shun me. Um, yeah, no, it was a whole thing. There, there, yeah, there were there were family reunions that I couldn't get away from Ohio State comments. I had people giving me Penn State gear, like before I came to college here. I'm like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> you know the Penn, you know Jeff from Penn State is like, what the heck? Like, how did we mess this up? Like, <laughs> that's hilarious. That's crazy. That's so yeah. So, so was it really like a wide open process for you? And then it was just the difference of that culture is what sold it for you. It was, it was. And for me, I got to a point in the recruiting process where I was like, you know, I love, like after I'd taken all my trips and done everything, um, what I, what I got down to in the top three were were Ohio state, IU and Stanford were the, were the three. Um, and I guess just, let me, let me me figure out how I, how I want to word this. Um, let's see. I'm not figuring out how I want to word this. Um, <laughs> That's how hmm. we feel all the time when we do this. It's okay, Lyle. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> um, let's see. I had a really good thing right on the tip of my tongue, but it's gone. Um, hmm. Sorry, we got dead air here. No, you're good. We can always circle back to it. So, um, so it, 
are there any yeah. other things you can think of with like being a part of that program that like stick out to you um, in terms of just the legacy or the history of the program that just make you super proud or excited to be a part of? Definitely. I mean, I come into practice every day and I dive at the Ron O'Brien diving ball. <laughs> yes. Like how awesome is that? I, I, we come in to do our dry land and I go into Ohio stadium into the dry land room that Ron O'Brien installed in the horseshoe in the seventies. <laughs> That's like, so freaking cool. Possible not to feel the weight. You know, it's the Mike Pepe natatorium. Yep. Like where, where you know, I mean, in, in even like I was about to make a comparison to IU and how they have Hobie Billingsley. Hobie Billingsley went to Ohio State. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's true. That's crazy. It's it's wild the connections between those schools and how everything has just just turned. Now, have you got to meet Ron O'Brien? I have. I have. That's awesome. Uh, when we interviewed him, that was like, I, I, I don't think Aaron and I get too starstruck, but that was one where we were both like, holy crap, this is wild. Yeah, so, I was really I was really young and I don't think I appreciated it fully at the time. But that's man. awesome. So yeah. cool. So cool. Absolutely. And so I, I remembered the point that I was trying mm-hmm. to make a second ago when I was silent for 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> I was I was pretty confident, like all I all, going into recruiting, all I was like, all I was thinking was I want to get out of Ohio. I want to get out of the Midwest. I want to leave. It's so cold here. I've lived in Cleveland my whole life. I love Cleveland, but it's so cold. Um, and you know, I got finished with my trips and I had all the information, you know, like this is, this is decision time. And I'm thinking like, man, like Ohio state is like pretty much my dream school, like of everything, except for the fact that it's, you know, two hours away. Yep. Um, and then I said, what a stupid reason to not go to your dream school. Yeah. That's such a you good know? way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can, I can deal with the snow. I grew up in Cleveland. There's way yeah. less snow in Columbus than there is in Cleveland. Yeah. That's why that's so cool. So cool. Yeah. All right. So it's clear you and the Ohio state crew continually push the envelope, always trying new dives, always having fun. Seems like the camaraderie on deck is really second to none. Can you tell us what a practice looks like and, you know, like the different personalities on the team and, and how that goes? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so normal practice, um, let's say, so, so say this summer um, we were, we were getting started at, um, you know, we had, we had two groups. Um, and so we had one group starting at seven 30 and one group starting at nine. Um, and so you get in there and at the top of the hour on the second, with the clock on the wall, we're starting our warm up together. And that's everybody as a team. Like we can warm up, like some places warm up individually. We do a group warm up every single day. Um, and you know, if you're, if you're one second late, like you better be, you better be running. You know what I mean? Like if we see you walk in the door and there are 30 seconds <laughs> left, we're all staring at you to see if you're going to get here in 30 seconds. <laughs> um, and so we, we tend to start with, um, Justin, Justin likes to mix it up with, with how we start the, the workout. Um, sometimes it's, uh, you know, skills and drills. Sometimes it's balls. Sometimes, so sometimes what he likes to do is a game that we call follow the monkey, <laughs> yeah. um, which is very popular with the men's team. And is significantly <laughs> less popular with the women's team <laughs> um, because the monkey. So we have at any given point up to 11 springboards in our pool. I know oh. it's great. Yeah. And we start on the inside three meter and the monkey chosen by Justin does whatever they want on every board around the pool. And you have to do what they do on each board. 
So someone gets up. So say, say Jake's the monkey. Jake's going to double bounce. <laughs> Jake's going to double bounce on the, on the first three meter. And he's going to do an interrupted gainer double. And that's how I learned interrupted gainer double was in a game of follow the monkey. Oh man. Um, and you know, all the guys will try it and some of them will eat it if it's a dive they've never done before. And most of the girls will do a reverse flip, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, for, for, that's, you know, it's just something to get a little warm up to get your adrenaline, to get your, to get Sandy really. Um, yes. Yeah. We've, we have some, we have some well-documented smacks from follow the monkey. It's <laughs> yeah, it's something. It's how I learned how to do um, gainer flip, tuck half twist out, like, I did that on three meter for the first time in a game of follow the monkey. Um, Clay does this weird, like side flip twist thing that I just have no idea how to do. Um, yeah, no, so this, I mean, it, it, it equally sounds like super fun and progressive and also like, man, me not being a very good <laughs> diver. Like I want nothing to do with this. <laughs> oh, totally understand. And so fun little, fun little tidbit about me. I am just, incapable of back twisting what i don't know wow we used we used to go we used to go to the usa diving camps where we'd have all the best coaches in the world and they would line up and try to teach me back twisters (laughs) (laughs) they would take turns seriously they would take turns i would go to john appleman and then it would be steph sutton and then it would be you know they would go down the line like (laughs) tim fish like does mandy doesn't matter i i didn't i didn't do it i would i would have thought for sure steph sutton would have scared you into doing it she scared me, but I didn't do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Sorry, Steph. I love you. Steph, I love you. Yes. We love um, Steph. Love Steph. But yeah, so if the monkey if the monkey gets up and does gainer twisters, like I'm not gonna have a good time. Oh. <laughs> now is that like a is that a conscious sometimes decision? They, sometimes they do it just to spite me. Sometimes they get up and they do, all right, we'll do backflip one and a half twists, and I'll oh. do a backflip full twist and land on my back. And uh, then they'll say, all right, now backflip two and a half twists. And I'll do a backflip full twist and land on my back. Like, doesn't matter. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's so um, bizarre. I'm yeah. laughing yeah. so hard. <laughs> I don't know, man. Just never, just never put itself together in my brain. You know what, though? Like, that has to be a good thing for some of our listeners to hear. Like, some of our younger <laughs> listeners who struggle with something to hear someone like yourself who does this monster list can't like struggle and can't do something. And it's like, it happens to all of us. That's cr- Oh my gosh. So now talk to us a little bit about like, um, D- Jack Matthews just transferred up with you guys. Right. And he's originally yep. from uh, Columbus, I think. Right. So, yeah. so what's that been like kind of adding someone who was at Miami, another elite program and kind of coming up with you guys. Is that like a, does that take a transition of uh, getting used to, or is that just, he jumps right in and it's like hit the ground running. Honestly, honestly, Jack fit in really well. Jack's um, Jack got here. Um, I want to say before the start of the spring semester, but then he couldn't compete for us. Um, Cause he had already dove for, for Miami that season. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's been great. He's, he's dealt with a handful of injuries since he's been here. Um, he, uh, uh, but, but he's, he's been, you know, he's a hard worker. That's, that's one thing. Like, He'll, we'll, we'll, we'll be having to yell at him to move on after he's done six, three, sevens and the workout said, do three. And we say, Jack, go on. He's like, I need to do a good one. I said, no, you don't go on. That's, that's uh, awesome. But like, that's, that's, that's just the thing though. Like he, he fits into the culture here really well. Yeah. Um, he's a hard worker and that's really the most important thing. Like he, we have a good time and he, he works. 
and he, you that's know, he awesome. pushes in the weight room and, and, you know, you do that and you're going to, you're going to do just fine here. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Um, so, so kind of transitioning, looking forward now, you know, as you've developed and as you look forward in your career, you know, what are the areas that you really want to focus on to improve? And then what are your goals over the next one to whenever you see yourself being done with diving? Is that the goal to try to be at Paris, LA? Like, what does that look like the future for Lao Yost? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, long-term big goals. I mean, I'm definitely looking at the 2024 Olympics. I'm definitely trying to be competitive. Um, you know, and, and, and even through 2028, I would, I hope to train through 2028 at least. Um, and then, you know, see how my body's doing from there. Um, but, uh, I'm shorter term, um, you know, focusing on focusing on college stuff. Um, love to make some noise at big tens and NCAAs this year, big priority. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost at the point where I've got the list I want, um, you know, pretty much, pretty much in all three events. Um, and that's, that's an exciting thing, um, you know, yeah. to find like, have, have your, your dream list and it's, it's becoming a reality. It's, yeah. it's scary. It's terrifying. You know, <laughs> like, Oh man, like I'm going to have to come into practice and learn 307 B not too long from now. Like, <laughs> wow. Like that's wild. That's really scary. But I'm also really excited about it. Yeah. Um, and you know, over, over the next couple of years on the way there, um, I would, I would love to get on some world championship teams. Um, I, I want to be the world champion on one meter. That specifically is my next closest, um, goal, you know, aside, aside from Olympics, I want to be the one meter world champion with this, with this list. Um, and yeah, well, like, like you said it, I mean, the, the field is chasing you as far as degree of difficulty and dives. So, I mean, you, you got the list. It's just getting, getting them in the water clean yep, and they're, you're halfway there over, over the next couple over the next, you know, two years leading up to Olympic trials. It's like, all right, like takes two years to get a dive. Right. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's my, that's my view. That's um, since, since I've been here, I've been working with aces diving um, with, mm -hmm. with Mandy and Jen. Um, and so I've been, I've been coaching with them and uh, Mandy always says that. And I, I agree completely that mm -hmm. like it takes you two years to get a dive. And so yep. I'm at the point where I've almost got everything I want to have ready for those 2024 trials. Um, and now it's all about getting reps on them, putting them in the water, getting comfortable, yep. getting them off the board. Um, uh, yeah. And that's, that's a lot of what the U S open here was, was for me, yeah. um, was I debuted, you know, at least one new dive in, in all three events. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was a good place to start dipping my toes in the water with, with competing that big list, just to, you know, having foresight and, and getting it ready to compete yeah. where, where it matters. Absolutely. That's really cool. Really cool. Uh, we're going to segue a little bit. What are you studying in school? And then what do you hope to do after diving? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, so I am a Spanish major. Um, I actually have, so I, I just finished my third year um, here at, at Ohio state and I am, I am done with my Spanish um, right now. Um, nice. So I, I want to stick around for my next two years of eligibility. I've got my, my fourth year and then my fifth COVID year. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, just, just to kind of match up with programs and, and all that. Um, I, I had finished that um, major last year. Um, and so to, to compete, I need to be still seeking a degree. Um, and about a year ago, I took a theater class, just an acting class, just on a whim, just because I thought it sounded fun. And it was really fun. Um, so That's now awesome. I'm a theater minor. 
That's cool. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's kind of a very random, like, Hey, I'm going to be seeking a degree for the next year until in my fifth year, ideally I will be um, going for my master's in education here at Ohio cool. state, which That's is a awesome. program. So the timing of this kind of, I wanted four years of undergrad and then one year of, of grad school. Cause it's a one year program uh, with the, with the master's in, in education. And I'm looking to, looking to be a high school Spanish teacher when this is all over. Wow. So, yeah. That's that, awesome. That would be incredible. <laughs> Those kids would be so dang lucky. Wow. It, they just, they probably, the sad part is they probably won't even like realize the things you've actually accomplished athletically. <laughs> just be like, uh, Mr. Yo, star freaking just, Spanish teacher. <laughs> just, just put your dives yep. on in the background with Spanish, you know, commentators so that you can just, <laughs> both flex on hey i know what they're saying and hey that's me <laughs> yeah right we get to the end of the year and we say all right can you understand this now <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um you know so kind of staying on this track what are some things you like to do that aren't diving related hobbies talents random facts just what are your interests outside of diving yeah okay um well let's see um as a you you've talked to you've talked to jacob seiler on here um you know <laughs> yes you loves to disc golf um and and we we as a team we have a good time with the disc golf we're all terrible we're all so bad um but there's a there's a, there's a lot of courses just around columbus and so we got nothing to do we go out and we'll we'll play 18 holes um so that's one thing that's fun um over the last couple of months i've been actually getting into um i've i've been taking boxing classes um oh, that's cool yeah yeah um that's been uh really hard um, but really fun. I've been having a really good time with it. Um, it's definitely, uh, you know, I think, I think right now I'm definitely in the, in the best shape of, of my life, which, you know, you would hope. Um, yeah. but I think, I think that was a big part of it. I was looking for something with a little bit more cardio, um, just kind of stay in a little bit better shape. Um, as far as, as far as, you know, maintaining muscle and, and all that, um, so, so the boxing was really just like, a, Hey, let's see if I like this. And, and it's been a lot of fun. So that's, well, that's been honestly boxing. I feel like has a lot of diving takeaways, like not only with hand-eye coordination, but you know, spotting spotting is so fast and quick mm -hmm. in the air. I feel like the boxing and the fast twitch that you need to do to do the hard dives that you're doing. I, I truly feel like there's, there's a similar, there's a lot of parallels between those two. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Definitely. I think a lot of my, a lot of my diving training has paid off in, uh, in my classes, um, from a, from a quickness standpoint, from a reaction standpoint. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely been cool to watch from a, from a nerves and competition standpoint too. Like for one thing, you get, you see people who you get up and we got a sparring day. Um, you get people who are like, you know, super nervous and like going through all their, um, all their routines and trying to like stay calm. And I'm like, I know how to compete. I've been competing my whole yeah. life. Right. Yeah. Like this, this part is not new to me, Yeah, sure. uh, which is cool. When, when talking about competition, I know this one isn't on our outline, but I usually ask it anyway. What do you do? Excuse me. What do you do competition day? Are you kind of just go with the flow? Are you listening to music? Are you ch chatting with the guys? Do you say stay to yourself? There's a whole bunch of different strategies when it comes to competition. And you said, Hey, I've been competing my whole life. I kind of got it figured out. What's your strategy for competing? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I actually have a very specific story about this. 
Um, so at, at 2018, um, junior world trials that were at Miami, Ohio, um, I, so we, we started off, uh, first day was three meter, um, and it was a junior meet. So we had vols and I did just about the worst vol meet of my life. And I, you know, I, I got like fours on my one Oh three B for no reason. Um, just so like, and, and what I was doing is I was sitting and I was listening to music and I was trying to hype myself up I was sitting next to Mark and, um, after Vols got done, he took my headphones and he took my chair and he said, you're not allowed to sit here anymore. Go, go play with your boys. Like go sit in the hot tub, go talk trash, like go whatever. <laughs> um, and I ended, I ended up coming back and I ended up winning the thing. Um, and I had one of the best competitions of my life at that point. Um, and that, that really taught me a lot about how I compete and about what works for me. Um, and I think my biggest takeaway, um, you're going to have a lot of meets that don't matter. You're going to have dual meets. You're going to have like, there are going to be a lot of meets that are low stakes. Use those meets to figure out how you compete. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah bumping his fists. I'm um, so excited. You said that. I'm so happy. Yes. You said that. Use the smaller meets to figure out what works for you. Take a meet that doesn't matter and put your headphones on and sit in the corner and see how you do and see how you feel. Um, and then take another meet and, you know, stand next to your coach the whole time or go talk to random people, yep. like try all kinds of stuff. Cause you might, you know, ideally, like, I think it's, I think it's sweet when people are like, got their headphones on and they're like in the zone, like that looks badass, but like, doesn't work for me. And mm -hmm. like, I needed to learn that. Um, mm -hmm. and so for me, for me on competition days, I need to, be not in my head i need to be talking to people i need to be moving i need to be like if, even if it's just sitting in a group of people like we don't even have to be talking about anything we'd be watching the meet like if i if i go off and i sit down and i follow the scores and i stare at my phone and i visualize my dives for 30 minutes before the round starts like that's too much for me and that mm -hmm. really works for some people and it really doesn't work for other people um, and right. it's a process of figuring that out and it's not going to come overnight and you need to have those competitions where you just try. Yeah. yeah. I I'm so happy you said that. So I, I, this is, Oh man, this is, makes me so happy. Uh, I created my girls season outline and I was going through it with my team and I said, all right, we're going to do different things at meets this year. And I just want you to buy into what I'm saying, because some of these dual meets, they truly just don't matter. And if you yeah. ask me, all of the dual meets don't matter except finding your process. Mm -hmm. You know, exactly. I, I care about the championship meets. I care about the state meet, mm -hmm. but everything else until that point is a practice meet. So my first meet I have, you have a practice meet and you're going to work on focus. You have a practice meet the next week. You're going to work on fun. I just want you to be silly and goofy. And then another practice meet the next week. I want you to talk to the other team. And so I, you know, I came up with this blueprint and I'm explaining it to my team and they're like, this is, this is different. I'm like, yeah, I know, but you got to know what works for you. Yeah. And so when we get to those, those real meets and the, you know, the pressure is a little bit more on, you've already done and figured out everything that you need to be successful. And that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I, I can't reiterate what Aaron said in, as well. I literally just talked to a female athlete today. I was like, listen, like step one of our season is get your national cut step from there until we go to nationals is figure out what works for you to me. I don't care how you perform. Like I want there to be no pressure. Like 
one meet do this one. And like, if we know it doesn't work, all right, that's out. Like, and so mm-hmm. it was so nice to hear you say that. Cause I, Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was Jordan. Jordan Rezepka is the same one who said, that's what Adam made him do all year. He's like, Adam's like, try this, this meet, try this. And it's like, it's so great to hear high level divers such as yourself say, Hey, sometimes it's trial and error. And there's usually a lot of error it's before a you find the success. It's a yeah. lot of error, but you don't want to be at the point where you're at Olympic trials and you're trying to figure out what's <laughs> yeah. going wrong. Yeah. Well, it's a good see, point. That, that's where we're a little different. If we would have been at Olympic trials, we wouldn't have cared if there was a lot of error. We would have been like, <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> but for someone like yourself who wants to do well, you know, Aaron would and I would have been the people that are like, we're, we're happy to be here with this one. Dude, I would have <laughs> cheered everyone else on and then forgot yeah. I was diving. <laughs> <laughs> that's factual. I would have missed my turn and they've been like, hey, is this kid going to show up? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Anyway. Uh, we'll get back to on track here, but uh, Lyle, what would you tell a young diver that's aspiring to be great? Mm, this is a very good question. What would I tell a young diver aspiring to be great? Um, let's see. Well, I mean, I think I think from a competition standpoint, I definitely would have given that advice that we just talked about with the figuring out what works for you. Um, I guess I'd say just don't lose sight of why you started this. I'd say, you know, you started diving for one reason or another, whether it was because, you know, your mom was worried you were going to break your neck or if it was, you know, because you had this, you know, at the end of the day, don't forget why you started. And for me, I started because like, I'm a showboat, right? Like I was, (laughs) I was an annoying little kid who wanted everyone to watch when I did my backflip on the playground. Right. Like that's, that's where I started. And like diving's a sport where that's, that's the sport, right? Yep. Like that's, I get to get up and say, Hey, everybody, <laughs> look how good I can backflip, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, awesome. And it was, it was something that was fun for me. And just don't, don't lose sight of that in the, in the frustrations of training and of competition, because there are going to be lots of frustrations, but it's all about what you learn from the frustrations. Yeah. It, it's not about, you know, how, how well you do at every meet you go to. It's about what you learn from every experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, I just, I had a young, and and what you said kind of just like sounded similar. The one I I talked to a young athlete a couple of weeks ago and I was like, what'd you learn at this one camp you went to? And they were like, I learned that all the hard work is worth it. And I'm like, Oh, that's like such a good thing to learn at at a young age because it's like you, sometimes you don't learn that until way later in life. And it's like, it is like, it sucks. The hard work sometimes <laughs> when you're doing back somersault, one and a half twist landed on your back on follow the monkey. It's like, what the heck's the point of this? But then you're like, yep, like it's going to be my turn to be the monkey one day. And then I'll get you guys all back. There we go. <laughs> so uh, that's, sure. that's just awesome. I love it. Um, you know, so we, ha- we have to bring back uh, Mr. Jacob Seiler here. Of course. We're on the same team as him. We've mm-hmm. been very fortunate to have him on. What is your best podcast appropriate Jacob Tyler story? <laughs> hmm. Well, that's that's a hard one there. Uh, so um, I mean, Jacob, Jacob is such a great role model for the sport, I think. Um, he's was a phenomenal training partner uh, in the in the handful of years I got to train with him. Um, you know, he he I think really changed our our program so much for the better 
Um, just his work ethic, the way, you know, he comes in, he does crazy stuff. Uh, like we all know he does crazy stuff, but he is working as hard as he can to be the best diver that he can be. And just being around that energy was, was so special. Um, and then now, I don't know if you've talked to him recently, but he's our grad assistant this year. Oh, um, nice. So he, he is now our coach. Um, and, and it's, it's been really good for him to, to transition over, especially being so close to the sport, you know, fresh out of it. Um, he, he understands how practices go, how weights feel, how, you know, yeah. he understands diving, um, yeah. which is a great thing. You know, there, there are a lot of coaches who are, I think, so far away from their diving days yep. um, that, that it's, it's good that, that I know he was, he was, uh, uh, just, just in it with us. And, and, and he's, he's been great. It's, it's, it's been good so far. That's um, awesome. yeah, man, he just, he just wants to try, wants to try everything. You know, he's very proud of the fact that he is the only one on dive meets with entries for 54, 52 on 10 meter. Um, we, we have that, uh, discussion every once in a while. <laughs> he's an animal. He, he is. He, you mentioned earlier like the love of diving and that was the big thing i took away from our conversation is that guy loves diving he's just a dive head absolutely yeah so i'd say i'd say my favorite jacob story um so he'll he'll just he'll just do something because he hasn't done it like for no other reason than that like we'll we'll be you know he'll be like oh yeah i'll do an inner flip full i've never done that before on 10 meter whatever um and he did it there's definitely a video of it i think it was at winter nationals last year um animal we uh we took a we took a team trip last summer um for fourth of july uh joey canova was was on the team and his sister goes to penn state so we all drove out to penn state for fourth of july uh hang out with them and we we went to a little little uh little lake little beach and you know he's out here climbing trees and and like I, I get, I went off to do something and I turned around and Jake was 30 feet in the air. And I'm like, how, how did you get up there? Why are you, <laughs> what? And like, so, so he had found a, like a, a stick, probably like, I don't know, three feet long, like a little tiny. And he's like smacking stuff with it. It's like, Oh, this is, this thing's crazy. He goes, I wonder, I think you see where this is going. He wanted to, he wanted to know what it felt like. And so he, yeah he went around until he found someone willing to hit him with this like switch and he just swept just slapped him on the back and he had just like his entire back and it just that that's just like i think that sums it up pretty well (laughs) one of his his halloween costumes in recent years had a bullwhip Dude, that man <laughs> is a similar wild. story with the bullwhip. I was absolutely not going to hit him with the bullwhip, but I somebody did. Oh my gosh, <laughs> he convinced somebody to do it. It's amazing! Wow, no, no. <laughs> probably, well, probably get... the other one was probably the other one would be when we were at NC's and this year, this past season, uh, and we were staying in the um, the, the Marriott downtown. Um, which is, you know, just this massive, like, 49-story hotel um, that they actually filmed the second Hunger Games movie in, I believe. What? Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the scene, the elevator scene um, in the where, where she, they get in the elevator and Joanna's, like, taking all her clothes off. And, yeah, uh, that was <laughs> that was filmed at that uh, at that hotel. That's um, cool. But, yeah, no, just one day we were just like, all right, let's go up to the 49th floor and 
throw airplanes. We got paper airplanes made all the way down. <laughs> uh, dropped a, I think he, we went up to the, above the 49th floor because the stairwell went all the way down and nobody's using a stairwell in a 49 story hotel. Um, so we figured it was probably fine to drop a cup full of water down the middle and see how long it would take. Just, just that type of stuff. Like, <laughs> there was just so much tomfoolery that went on and like, he's, he's just as intense about everything else as he is about diving. And it's awesome. <laughs> it's great to be around all the time. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. Cool. Well, we'll get into our signature questions here. I always ask everybody on the podcast, we don't treat failure like it's a bad thing, more like an opportunity for growth. Um, so what is your favorite failure or your best opportunity for growth? So I'm going to bring this one back to the most recent Olympic trials for me. Um, and you know, this is, this is my, this is my first Olympic trials. Um, and, and, you know, I was pretty nervous going into it and I did not have the best competition. I didn't, I didn't make it out of the, out of the prelim. Uh, I believe I was 19th. I think I was the bridesmaid. Um, but <laughs> Uh, you know, has to be somebody. Um, but but for me coming out of it, like it would have been really easy to leave that meet and be really like down on myself mm-hmm. and to be really like defeated by like, oh man, like that was just kind of the okay meet. Like I didn't really hit any, you know, like that type of deal. But I realized afterward looking at well, one looking at how I competed and the the things that I was thinking of when I was competing, like any of the little things that I was working on leading up to this meet, like my 307s was still a pretty uncomfortable dive for me at this point. Um, and I had been really struggling to make it in the days leading up to the competition. Like they had just gotten slow and I didn't know why it was really frustrating. And I got in the meet and I flew over onto my stomach and like, the, I, I kind of had to take a step back and be like, how can I be mad at myself for like making the change that I've been trying to make for weeks? Yeah, you know Absolutely. I mean? Um, and the same thing, same thing with my 407, like it'd been just been struggling and got in the meat, got juiced up, flew over onto my back. And even the other ones that weren't like, I didn't, I didn't miss any other dives, you know, super huge, but like, I was thinking about this one thing on my double out and look, I made the change in the meat. And so from a competitive standpoint, I learned a lot. And, um, on the other side of it, looking around and looking at the names, um, on the list and looking at the people in front of me and, um, looking at just the field and, and honestly too, looking at everybody else's health, I was like, I can absolutely hang. I can absolutely be on top in this crowd. Like there is no reason that I cannot win this meet. Right. And you give me four years. Well, I guess it was last year. So it was three years. <laughs> give me three years. Right. And I'll be ready. Um, and like, just, just from the, the point of view that everybody at that meet got out and like was taping something up was icing some injury like I have been lucky enough to been mostly injury free so far I had I had a thumb surgery uh a year ago and it was uh I was lucky enough to come back pretty quickly with with no uh no long-term damage there um but like longevity and and like I I was absolutely the the healthiest person at that meet and I I was like huh like look at that. Like even the younger guys are coming out of here and like holding their shoulders. Cause they, you know, are, are having problems with their, you know, 10 meter dives and they're not taking care of themselves the right way. And so for me, I've been really prioritizing the, the recovery and the, the mobility. Um, and just trying to focus on, on 
keeping my body going for as long as I can. Um, yeah, and so that sure. was, that was a really positive learning experience coming out of trials for me. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Uh, my next question, I always ask whatever, uh, whatever avenue you come from, how can they improve? You mentioned earlier, you'd love to see one meter as an Olympic event. I would too. Uh, but from the NCAA perspective, that's where I think you probably have the most experience and knowledge. What would you say the NCAA can do to improve? And I realize how open-ended that is. So take it however you'd like. That's cool. That's cool. I, uh, I'm not, I, I was going to ask if there was a specific way you wanted me to approach this, but as soon as I read this question, my brain just said abolish zones. <laughs> yeah. First thing that came to my mind. Yeah. Uh, there, there's just the system for qualifying into NCAAs in my opinion is flawed uh, fundamentally, whether it's from the point of, you know, qualifying for zones, you know, you know, like, versus like just the way the meat works and the way the meat's set up. And it's, it's just for anyone not familiar with how NCAA zone meets are kindly speaking, it's the worst meat ever. <laughs> um, like you, you just got done with your conference championships a week before for me in my zone, it's pretty much everyone who was at big tens and yep. then we're going to gonna get rid of Minnesota. We're going to add in Kentucky and Louisville. We're going to run the exact same meet with zero people in the stands back to back. So you're going to do your whole list and then you're going to have five minutes and do your whole list again. Yep. And um, maybe if you're, uh, you know, tired from all that, then uh, you don't get to go to NCAAs. And no. like, I see it's, we always say like, it's not about winning zones. It's about surviving zones. Yeah. And, and for me, I think, I think the solution to this is either, you know, I, I, I like the idea of the way swimming uses A and B cuts. Yes. Double A. So like, give me one score that will take you right to NCAAs mm -hmm. and give me one score that will, you know, just figure out some other, other way to do it than the specific format that it is. I feel like honestly, any change would be positive. Yeah. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I, it, we've actually, we've had a lot of top tier yeah. divers say that exact same thing where there just needs to be a change in zones. And I love what you said, like an A score and a B score, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't know how that would be formulated. Maybe you look at the top eight from nationals the previous year or the yeah. top 16. And, you know, you look at those 16 people, you look at all their lists competed all year and you say, you know what, if they can score 300 and what 30 no i bet it'd be higher than that they can score 370 you're you're in you know that yeah. that might be a number and i again i'm just spitballing but i love that idea not only for those top tier athletes that are going to get the score then they are just they're they're in they're done but also everybody else that still would have the opportunity to go the zones and and do that route you're not excluding them yeah. you're just saying hey your field is now smaller mm -hmm. which is I, way more beneficial I forget who it was that we talked to and you maybe can think about it, Aaron, for some reason, I almost feel like it was Brooke Schultz that said the same thing. And I think we kind of like talked it through. And one of the ideas, I think Aaron and I spoke about this. One of the ideas I really loved was take like a neutrally judged meet, like your conference. Mm -hmm. And if you have that a cut score, and if you get it at conference, you're automatically going to nationals. And then everybody who fall and then everybody who falls below it, have those separate zone meets and however many extra spots there are, because you would cut out 
almost 20 kids from each zone, I bet. Right. And then it's right. like so- the ones who automatically qualify through, you don't have to go to zones. You can like, okay, like, hey, get back to training, recover a little bit. And, well, and there's an aspect of it where like, <laughs> hey, if you didn't get that score to conference meet judged by neutral judges, then, okay, like you, you got to go and show it at the meet. Like, well, and, and the other thing too, for the lower, I'm going to, I'm going to pick on a couple of schools in my area, university of green Bay, uh, university of South Dakota. It's a, it's a lower than big 10 division one school getting a zone score. That's amazing for for those kids. That's phenomenal. So even getting to go to the zone meet for the kids who are not on Ohio state or university of Minnesota, that's a really big deal. Mm -hmm. And we're not taking that away. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I think, uh, the, the thing for me, um, and I know, I know fundamentally swimming and diving are about as different as you can get, but <laughs> I talked to, I talked to swimmers about, you know, we always are getting ready to go to our zone meet and the swimmers are like, Oh, what's that? Um, so, but, but the swimmers are always, always amazed at the fact that you have one shot to make yeah. it to the, double a meet the swimmers the swimmers have every dual meet every conference every meet of the season to try to get their ncaa cut to make it in um and like and i know that's a little bit the nature of diving and that like yeah obviously you have to be good on the one day um but i think to qualify for a meet like ncaa's like i i think it would be beneficial to be able to get that score you know yeah maybe it's just at a at a at a FINA judged meet or, or a right, new right. panel. Um, but I, I got, I, f- I feel like there's gotta be some, some better yeah. way. Um, I mean, not, not that I have the answers, but yeah. Someone I, I, think of. I even think about, let's say you, you were in the top eight at nationals the previous year and you are electing to dive again the next year. Mm-hmm. Chances are you'll make the meet. Why <laughs> even have those kids like go through zones at all. Like if you're top eight the previous year and you're diving the next year, you're just in, I don't, I don't even need to see you dive. You're good. You're in. (laughs) If you're, if you're an all American, like yeah, probably good enough to get your zones. You're good. You're in. Well, and then if you, if you exclude those people and have them kind of automatically qualified through, it also gives those athletes like you mentioned, Aaron, like green Bay, South Dakota, like when they go to zones, they're now in a little bit more competitive meet where they have an opportunity to do a little bit better. Like I'll put myself on, like if I dive against Lyle, okay, the scorecard only goes to 10 guys. So when Lyle <laughs> gets heat, you're going to have to either give him nines and tens or you have to give me twos and threes. Like that's just how it's yes. going to have to work. <laughs> and, and like, I have no shame in saying that, like, but that's how, how our sport works. Like, and, and so that's the struggle is when you see these kids that, you know, making zones is like making NCAs for a lot of kids. So, so I, we, we've heard that quite a lot that gets talked about at the D2, D3 level as well. And it's sometimes those pre-qualification meets are just as, as a disaster. So yeah, we're on the, we're on the same page. Awesome. Um, awesome. You know, so jumping in here, you know, what is your favorite drill to do? Okay. Um, so I, I did a lot of wacky drills with Mark, um, as a, as a kid, but I think honestly, right now where I'm at in my career, my favorite thing to do is our skills and drills set, which is a set of standing, standing dives on three meter. Um, you run through one or two a piece. It's 103 C 103 B 105 C 105 B 
107C. I usually do 107B as well. But um, and then 303C, 303B, 305C. It's that that is uh, I guess, and we also start with with two front and two back lineups. For me, that's my favorite drill set for working on comeouts and entries. Um, and I've been really hammering that hard over the last, a lot over the last couple of months, but especially over the last year or so. Um, and I've, I've seen a lot of improvement in my, in my just hammering into my, my come out patterns. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's an easy way, I think, to get a more accurate, you know, sometimes you're doing lineups and you're, you're feeling like you're hitting the water, right. But then you go to do a, you know, 107 yeah. and it's like, wow, I, this does not feel like a lineup when I'm hitting the water. Yeah. So it gives you a chance to approach a little bit of a lower, faster entry. Um, mm -hmm. And and for me, that's been super helpful. So that's my, those are my favorite drills. That's awesome. All right. Best advice you've given or received? <clears throat> given or received? Hmm. Best advice I've given or received. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to, all right. I'm going to take this a little bit of a weird direction. Um, I'm going to give you a piece of advice that I got when I was probably 12 um, that I think is kind of mediocre. <laughs> um, I, so, so we were at our, uh, it was just like a local meet and this is like Ohio diving league. Like it was a very, you know, you get your kids in here to have them compete their back lineups and their front jump half twists. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, eventually you get to a, to a decent level of, of competition, it's like high school. Um, and I did an inward dive on one meter and I got eights. And it was the first time I'd ever gotten eights. And I got out of the water and I, like, I pumped my fist and I was super excited about it. Um, and I had one of my coaches at the time um, tell me, you know, like, hey, like, just you know, you do that all the time, like be cool about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, and I see a lot of people who do these, you know, they'll do a dive and it's great. And everyone in the pool cheers and they come out of the water and they're just like stone faced, just like, yeah, I'm cool. I do that all the time. And in my mind, like, I don't love that. I don't love that. I, I now, like, if I do, if I smoke a dive, like I'm going to celebrate. Like if I'm, I'm going to get out of the pool and I'm going to high five people and I'm going to be like, yes, I just did a good dive in competition. Like go me. Right. Like I, I, I think, I think when you get too wrapped up in, in trying to look stoic and, and trying to look like as put together as you can, like, I feel like that kind of squashes a little bit of the fun of it right. in, in my mind. So uh, I guess, I guess to answer that question, I guess that wasn't really an answer to that question. No, that's, there's, that's a good answer. Yeah. So, you know, so celebrate, celebrate the little victories. Yep. Well, we all know, like, sometimes that's all you have every now and then <laughs> everything goes yeah. wrong and you have one dive at practice. You'd be like, well, at least that one went good. Exactly. Like I'll, I'll take it. That's um, a universal experience. Ab absolutely. You know, so, and then the last question we like to ask is who would you like to hear us interview next? All right. Um, I thought about this one for a minute. Uh, I'm going to give you three names and I'm not right. sure if you've interviewed all or none of them. All so, right. <laughs> um, I'm going to say one, Mark, Mark Allen. Right. I think you should. I think you should bring Mark in. I think he would give you a phenomenal episode. Two, Mandy Eby. Mm -hmm. I think Mandy would be 
uh, and she working with her over the last year, uh, coaching with aces, I have learned so much. Um, and I, I've never, I've never dove with her. I've seen her at meet. I saw her mm-hmm. at every junior meet growing up, but you know, to, to, to me, she was just, you know, she was the OSDC coach. She looked kind of scary, but all her divers were really good. Um, and man, does she know what she's talking about? And sometimes she'll be coming in for the club practices um, as we're wrapping up our, our varsity practice. Um, and I'll be like, Mandy, Mandy, watch this 407. Mandy, why am I not making this dive? And she'll like, she'll like instantly have like some little tiny thing to think about that. That always, you know, is pointing me in the right direction. Um, so I would say Mandy is my second. And number three, um, I think it would be a really interesting episode with Dan Lack. All right. Yeah, recently, that would be recently, cool. Recently retired high yeah. performance director. Uh, I think you could get a lot of good, uh, a lot of good insight from him as well. Awesome. Awesome. Um, this has been super fun, Lyle. So, uh, first and foremost, thank you for joining us. Um, of course, thanks for having me. Yes. So, uh, something about you, Ohio state divers is just, you're just easy to talk to and fun to talk to, which is nice. Um, Appreciate that. Know, yes. So, so for all of our listeners, um, summer has kind of wrapped up, so there aren't a lot of diving camps going on and clinics. Um, but there is our clinic down at Moss farm, excuse me, camp 2028 and beyond camp. Uh, with Drew Johansson, uh, September 23rd through the 25th down in Moultrie, Georgia. Um, check out our Instagram. We'll keep posting that graphic. Um, the exciting news is uh, Mr. Andrew Capobianco will be joining us now. And um, we hope to see as many people down there as possible September 23rd through the 25th. Uh, anything else, Aaron? Uh, no, I had uh, I had nothing else here. Just hit us up on Instagram. And our Gmail account is at the diving pod or the diving pod at gmail.com uh, again t-shirts and hoodies for sale divingpod.itemorder.com use the coupon code dive pod at checkout that gets you free shipping uh once again just wanted to say thank you to lyle here i've i told him before we got on i'm kind of a fangirl on the instagram as it were every time he posts a video i'm like dude you're doing this dude what what is this this is crazy so kind of a, a fun, fun interview for sure. Nice to put a, an actual, you know, face to a name and a, and an awesome personality. So thank you, man. Much appreciated. All right. We'll see you next time.